What's going on, family? This is Pastor Sergio Chavez, and I just want to thank you for tuning into the Hope Center podcast. So we're starting the brand new series entitled, Lead Me to the Cross. So simply put, the meaning of the cross is death. From about the 6th century BC, so six centuries before Christ till about four centuries after Christ, uh, the cross was an instrument of execution that resulted in death by the most torturous and painful of ways. In crucifixion, a person was either tied or nailed to a wooden cross and left to hang until dead. Death would be slow and excruciatingly painful, as you can imagine, being tied or nailed to a cross. In fact, the word excruciating, if you ever said that was excruciating, it comes out of crucifixion. The word excruciating, ex meaning out, excruciating uh, from excruciating, crucifying. So out of crucifying is where we get that word. That's how painful it was. However, because of Christ and his death on the cross, the meaning of the cross today for us believers is completely different. For us, it's a symbol of redemption. For us, it's the intersection of God's love and his justice. At the foot of the cross, whenever we surrender to God, at the foot of the cross, that's where we encounter God. At the foot of the cross is where we receive our salvation. At the foot of the cross is where we receive our healing. At the foot of the cross is where we get the deliverance that we need from the things that we're bound to. That's where we receive the transformation that we need in our lives. And so this month, we're gonna go through a series of looking at four characters, four personages, Bible characters who encountered Jesus, who, who met Jesus at the foot of the cross, so to speak. They had an encounter that marked their lives, that transformed their lives forever. Now, why is this important? You might be wondering, pastors, why is this important to me? I'm so glad that you asked. The reason it is so important is because now more than ever, for us as a church, we need people to have encounters with God. Not just simply having a superficial relationship with God, not simply flirting with the idea of, of walking with God, but really truly encountering God because there's people that come week after week to church and they check uh, 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 off a religious box and they say, all right, I, I did my good deed, I went to church, but, but see, that doesn't transform lives. See, that doesn't bring about true healing. That doesn't bring about true transformation. But when we truly surrender at the foot of the cross, and we encounter God, that's when our lives are radically transformed. And I don't know if I have somebody in this place, Brother Josue just testified of his life being transformed, but is there anybody who's trans been transformed by the power of the cross? Now more than ever, the world needs to see a church that's transformed by the power of the cross. A church that is able to love, a church that is able to serve, a church that is able to make a difference, to be a light on a hill in the world that is dark. We need encounters with God. Now more than ever, the world is, is hungering. The world is, is longing to see people that are filled with love, that people that have been radically transformed because for too long, people have worn the, worn the name of Christian but haven't lived that name out. 
for far too long people have used that name but they still abuse but they still manipulate but they still hurt but I'm believing God that at Hope Center there's going to be believers that when you walk into the place people will know that you're believers by the love that you give by the people you uplift by the people that you serve because you've been radically transformed we need an encounter with Christ the people that wear that name of Christian, of believer, but really, truly have, have an encounter, God. And so my prayer is that in, during the next several weeks that we learn about having an encounter with God. Is there anybody that wants to go on that journey with me? Just let me know by a show of hands, because I don't know about you. I've been serving the Lord over 12, uh, 13 years, but I still need Jesus now more than I did 13 years ago. Is there anybody like me that would say, I've been serving God for a long time, but I'm still in love with him? I'm not perfect but I still need him day after day and so I'm on a journey of having an encounter with God in the Bible in, in, in the book of John chapter 9 we see a man who has an encounter with God in John chapter 9 the scripture tells us the story about a man it doesn't give us his name, and 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 this is not this is this is this is just my opinion. This is just my theory. Uh, uh, you can take it or leave it. But uh, there's always there's always certain parts of the Bible where it's telling stories about specific people, and and some are named and some aren't. I like to read the stories about the people that are not given names because usually what I tend to do is put myself in the place of that person. I say, you know what? This person wasn't given a name. Let me put my name. This is me right here. The, this story. This is me because I identify with him this man was born blind and we see a story of how Jesus brings light into dark places as we look at the story of the man who was born blind all of his life he couldn't see all of his life he suffered from a physical ailment that, 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 that wouldn't allow him to see but not only that we see the story of Jesus not only bringing physical sight but bringing spiritual sight in fact that's probably the most important aspect of the story is that not only Jesus healed this man physically but he gave the man spiritual sight he opened his eyes so this story in John chapter 9 is really the story of how God works the process of faith into our lives what would you love to be able to see from God I want you to think about it for a moment what are the things that you haven't been able to see what are the things that you need for God to open your eyes about is it your marriage today because in your eyes, it's not going anywhere. In your eyes, the situation is impossible. Is it your finances? Is it your spiritual walk? Is it, is it, is it your family? What is it that you need to be able to receive a spiritual sight for? I want to be able to speak into that. When we encounter God, and I have three things that I want to give you, three things that this man experienced in this story. I want to give you three things that happened when this man encountered God. And I want you to put yourself in the place of this man. I want you to put your situation, whatever it is, that, that, that doesn't allow you to move forward in life. You got to imagine when somebody's blind, they can't see. They have to depend on other people and sometimes they don't get the best guidance. Whenever you're not able to see. It makes life much more difficult and much more challenging and so this man wasn't able to see so I want you to put yourself in that place because some of you may not be physically blind but you felt emotionally spiritually you've been in that place you want to move forward but you don't know where to go you don't know who to run to 
you don't know who to consult with because you feel that you're trapped in a situation. So let me share the first thing that, that this man, that happened to this man when he encountered God. The first thing is that Jesus broke limited thinking when there was an encounter. I want you to write that down. Jesus breaks limited thinking. Let's read the scripture here. If we can go there in the book of John, verse 1. Let's read that. It says, as he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither, Jesus is responding. He said, neither this man nor his parents sinned. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. For as long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming, but no one can work at night. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Very interesting that the disciples were trying to get answers as to why this man was born blind. Let me give you, a little, uh, give you a little context. The reason being is because in that time when someone had an ailment, when someone had a sickness, if someone was blind, what the teaching was during that time is that someone sinned in order for that person to be going through that. It was either him or his parents. In other words, that he was born that way because God knew that in the future he was going to sin, so he was born blind. And so, and so these people had limited thinking. I want you to think about this. They had limited thinking, and whenever you have limited thinking, that traps you. Well, it's either I stay in this marriage and I'm miserable, or I just leave. Limited thinking, you get trapped in that. Either I stay miserable in this job, or I'm jobless, and I don't know what to do. And so you feel trapped. Well, I, I, I don't know whether to leave the church because I've been praying, because I've been serving and things are not happening at my time frame, in my timeline, and I'm battling and I'm struggling. And so that limited thinking, that traps us. What have you been trapped by because of limited thinking? It was, they said either this man sinned or, 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 or it was his parents. So they're trying to rationalize it and they're trying to, they're trying to uh, uh, figure out what was taking place. But here's what Jesus said. I like Jesus' response. He says, neither this man or his parents sin. He's, he's letting them know, listen, listen, listen. See, whenever you've been diagnosed with something, what is that, what, what, what is research and what do people tell you whenever you've been diagnosed with something from a specific doctor? What do you have to get? You got to get a second opinion. And so they're saying, listen, we're trying to figure out what's happening here. This man is blind and we're trying to figure it out. So they were trapped by this limited thinking. But Jesus said, no, 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 you're asking the wrong question. You're trying to figure out logically what's happening here. But the question that you should be asking is, what can God do in his situation? That's the better question. Oftentimes we, we limit ourselves and we get trapped into thinking that there's no way out, that, that, that it's either this or that, that either I stay in this situation or I'm miserable for the rest of my life. We feel hopeless. See, that's what they were trying to uh, place the label on this man, that he was hopeless, that the situation was impossible. But God was saying to them, he was saying, the question is, what can God do in this situation? See, God wants to break through limited thinking and I want you to ask, yourself instead of saying you know what my situation is hopeless you need to ask what can God do in my situation how can God intervene is the better question I, I, I know that God can do something out of my little what can God do in this situation so he's asking 
he's, they're asking him and he's telling him, you need to break that thinking. You need to ask the better question is what can God do? What is God's option? See, because many people have opinions about your situation. What is God's opinion on your situation? Many people may have opinions about your marriage, about your finances, about your spiritual walk, about your calling and your ministry, about your business, but, but what is the opinion that God has for those areas of your life? What can God do in that situation? And let me tell you that God's option always includes transformation. Either God changes the situation or he changes us in the situation. But either way, God will always transform us in the seasons of our lives. Sometimes he changes the situation. God, I need to break out of this. God, I need to get out of this situation. God, I need you to do something. Sometimes he will deliver us physically, emotionally, spiritually, but sometimes he leaves us and he transforms us in the situation. But whether he does this or that, he always changes our heart. Whenever we surrender, whenever we have an encounter with him, we will always experience transformation and we, he will always break our limited thinking. Let's move forward. Let me give you point number two. This man encountered God. Let me tell you the second thing that happened here. Number two, in this situation, and I want, to, I want to speak to you about your situation, the second thing that happened here is that God made the ordinary extraordinary. He made the simple, the ordinary, extraordinary. Let's look at the scripture, so let's move forward in verse 6. It says, after saying this, and this was kind of interesting here, Jesus spit on the ground made some mud with the saliva, put it on this man's eye. Think about this. He spit on the ground, and he grabbed mud, placed it on this man's eye, and he gave him instructions. He said, go, he told them, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. So the man went and washed and came home seen. What amazes me about this verse is I tried to imagine what was happening to that man on the way there. You gotta think about this now. This man has mud on his eyes. I don't know about you, but that would, that would feel a, a, a pretty strange to have somebody put mud in my eyes. But here's the thing. Oftentimes, the miracles of God may not come in the way that you expect it. Oftentimes, we have an idea of how God is gonna do it in our lives. We, we say, God, this is the way I want it. But oftentimes, God will do the miracle in ways that we least expect it. But the amazing thing is that that's where miracles start. The miracle always starts when somebody does something ordinary in obedience to God. You, I can imagine that this man will go, he probably washed in that pool in the past. He probably went thinking to myself, listen, I don't know what in the world is happening here. I've been to this place. I don't know why I have mud. Can you imagine walking, you're blind, and you got mud on your face? What people would say, would say about you? The opinions people would have about you? Not only that, but he probably was a beggar, so you can imagine maybe he, he was going through all types of criticism and humu humiliation, but he was walking his way to the pool, and he was saying, you know what, I've been here before, but you know what, I'm going to obey what Jesus commanded me to do. That's where miracles start. 
See, some of you are asking God for miracles, and God is saying that whenever you do something very ordinary in obedience, that's where the miracles start. An ordinary step of obedience allow God to work an incredible miracle in this story. So here's the question that I want you to catch today. Are you willing to do something ordinary that says in a real way, I am depending on God for this? Not on me, but on God. See, God can always use ordinary things to perform miracles. For Moses, he said, Moses, listen, I want you to free the people, and you're going to have to cross the Red Sea. How am I going to do it, Lord? Are you going to give me an army? Are you going to send thousands of people that are going to get my back and walk with me? He said, no, pick up a stick. He's saying there's a multitude of 5,000 people in the New Testament. Jesus had compassion over the people. He said, we need to feed the people. And the disciples are saying, uh, listen, Jesus, uh, there's a lot of people that's hungry. I don't know how in the world we're going to feed them. You got money for all their lunch? He said, let me get a little bit of fish and a little bit of bread, and we're gonna feed the multitude. See, whenever your ordinary is placed in the hands of God, he will always do the miracle. But too often, we doubt God and we say, well, this is just an ordinary thing that I'm doing. If I go to church, what can God do? I go week after week. But whenever you do an ordinary thing and you trust an extraordinary God, he does extraordinary things in your life. But you got to trust him. But God, I'm not talented. I don't have the resources. I don't have the capability. But whenever you trust God with an ordinary step. God, I don't have much to give, but with the little that you have, give to God and watch what, watch what he does with your finances. God, I don't have much strength to give, but give God the, the little bit of strength that you have and he will do something extraordinary. See, so many people limit themselves and say, I don't have much to give, but God says, I can do extraordinary things with the ordinary. Whenever you place your natural abilities into God's hands and he places his super on your natural, supernatural things happen in your life. That's where the miracles start. Whenever we trust an extraordinary God and we just take steps, ordinary steps. I've, Pastor, I've been praying week after week. I don't see anything happening, but continue taking that step. Because that's when miracles happen, when you just take ordinary steps and growing in God. I, I've been reading scripture and I don't understand it, Pat, but you keep taking those ordinary steps day after day, reading a verse a day, having time with God, having your devotion day after day. Because in, when you walk in obedience, that's when the miracles start. So I want you to think about this. An, order, an, or, an ordinary start for you might be a phone call. You know, oftentimes I, I, I'm just doing regular ordinary things and I just feel in my heart to call somebody that ever happened to you or just send somebody a text and I'm just saying you know what I don't know why in the words is something simple this is something ordinary and then you and I and I've made calls and you know, I sent a text and people have responded you don't know what I was just going through and this has blessed my life that you sent me an encouraging text what what, what is an ordinary step for you maybe it's calling somebody or taking that step and restoring a relationship that you know you may have, you may have harmed or, or a relationship that was offended. What is your ordinary step? Is it, is it continuing to invest in spite of the challenges that you're going through in your marriage? Is it visiting a doctor or a counselor? It might be something ordinary. What, what is it for you? 
in your marriage? What is the ordinary step? Husbands in this place, wives in this place, oftentimes it's the little things that go a long way in the marriage. And God can perform miracles in your marriage. It's ordinary things, sending an ordinary text, doing little things, and those things go a long way because when you place them in God's hands, the ordinary becomes extraordinary. For this man, he placed mud, he went to an ordinary place, but he came back here because he took a step in obedience. He took a step in obedience. It wasn't the mud, it wasn't the pool. That was simply a method that Jesus was using. The reason why Jesus always performed miracles in different ways is because he never wanted to, to, to be pit and put in a box. That that's the only way God can work because God often works in different ways in different people. So you can't expect God to work in your life the same way that he works in others' lives. You're saying, well, you know what? They, they already got their breakthrough. Where's my breakthrough? Maybe God is working in your life in a different way. You might be in a different season, in a different place, and so we have to honor that because Jesus will often work through different methods. It wasn't the mud. It wasn't the pool. That was simply the method, but it was God's power on the ordinary things that made an extraordinary occurrence happen. Let me give you the third thing. Y'all doing all right, by the way? How many are receiving this word? Let, let me know if you're receiving this word. Okay. I want to make sure that y'all not falling asleep on me. Uh, let me give you the third thing here. I want you to catch this. Whenever you have an encounter with God, he makes you look past what others cannot see. When you encounter God, he makes you look past what others cannot see. In verse 8, Look what it says. His neighbors, talking about the man's name, he also, he already received the miracle, and now he's experiencing this encounter, this miracle, and in verse 8 it says, his neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, no, he looks like him. So they were unsure. They were like, yeah, I don't, I, that might be him. I, and some would say, no, that's not him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes open, they asked. He replied, the man they called Jesus made some mud, put it in my eyes. He told me to go to the pool of Siloam and wash. Can you imagine you telling that to somebody? You've been begging all your life. You've been struggling all your life. How in the world are you able to see now? He's saying, well, listen, I did just put some mud on me. It's a man named Jesus. I listen, I, I love those type of miracles. I love miracles that you can't explain. And some of you may have that testimony that, that, that you may be new to this church and you can't even explain it, but God has done something in your life and you're like, I don't know what's going on, but God has done something in my life. I just have joy now. I just have peace now. I can't explain it. I don't know how it's happened, but there's, there's a man named Jesus. He put some mud in my eyes and I can see now. I went to a place called Hope Center, and I don't know what was in that place, but I just felt something in that place. Some of you may, may want to shed tears, and you're like, what in the world is happening here? I just felt something. Somebody hugged me. Somebody gave me an encouraging word. I can't explain it. See, that I love those miracles when you can't explain it, because what God will do in our lives, oftentimes we will not be able to explain it, and people want answers, but all you got to say is, I don't know. I just know that Jesus did it for me. 
how is it that you've made it? You used to be an addict. You used to be broke. You used to be frustrated. You used to have no joy, no peace. How in the world are you living that way? You say, listen, I don't know. It's just Jesus did it for me. They said, how in the world are you seeing? He said, a man named Jesus did it. What's important to understand here is that oftentimes, see, when he explained this, they also began to doubt. They said, no, this is not him. Whenever you receive a miracle, whenever you encounter God, you can always anticipate that people would doubt the miracle in your life. I only got a couple amens in the back. Uh, 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 my back rows, are you with me? Can you give me a good churchy amen? All right, that, that's a good. Thank you for letting me know you're still here. Praise the Lord. I love y'all. All right. Hey. All right. Let me tell you, whenever you experience a miracle, whenever you encounter God, there will always be people that doubt. They said, no, this is not him. There's two types of people. You know, maybe you've encountered it. I don't know if you encountered it. Where you say, you know what? I just started going to church. Lord have mercy. You're going to turn into one of those. See, there will always be... I just started serving. Lord have mercy. Why'd you sign up to start serving at Hope? You know you're going to give it up in six months. We, and, we, and we pay attention to those voices. Yeah, I just started a business. Lord have mercy. Here you go with another business. Hey, you go again. Uh, you're always trying to, and there will always, see there are two types of people. There will be people that when the, when the little flames of faith start to flicker, there will be people in your life that would bring a big old bucket of water and try to dump it on the little flicker of faith that you have. I don't know if you experienced that. Uh, Thank you. The music can, can identify with me. Uh, but, 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 see, but see, then there are other people that when they see a little flicker of faith, they gently fan that flame. Those are the people that believe in you. Those are the people that speak into you. Those are the people that say, I'm going to pray for you. Those are the people that say, I'm going to walk with you. And I want to let you know that at Hope Center, we're going to fan the flame of God that is over your life. Because we believe that what God is doing in your life, he's going to continue to work. You may not be perfect yet, but he's going to continue to work on that miracle. I feel like preaching now. Your, your marriage may not be perfect, but he's still, I believe, he's still going to work it out. Your spiritual walk may not be there, but I believe that God is going to work it out in your life. Your finances may not be there, but I believe that God is going to work in your uh, I'm preaching better than how you're responding to me, but that's all right. I catch him for myself. I believe that God is at work in your life. I believe that God is doing a miracle in your life. They say, nah, that's not him. And someone say, no, 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 that's him. God is doing something in him. They just started going to the whole center and they're just different. God is doing something in them. Someone say, nah, listen, it's just a phase. The devil is a liar. Because whereas it used to be a phase, I'm declaring that now it's gonna be you're gonna be faithful to this walk. I would hope somebody received that in this place. I, I know that you failed in the past in your marriage, but I believe that God is working the miracle, and this time you're gonna be faithful in your marriage. I know that you failed in the past in your business and things didn't work out, but I believe God is doing the miracle, and you're gonna walk in faithfulness to that, to your calling, to your ministry, to your spiritual walk. I believe that's him. Yep, God is doing it in him. That's her. Yep, God is doing it in her. 
See, in order to look past what others cannot see, get ready, write this last thing down. In order to look past what others cannot see, you and I have to have a different kind of faith. You have to have the same faith as this man. Later in the verses, I don't have time to get too much into it. This is the last thing I want to share. In John 9, 25, we don't have it. Just listen to me. Here's what the man said when they were all trying to figure it out. They started interrogating him. They're like, no, this is not possible. How in the world is this going on in your life? I don't understand it. You got to explain to us who did this to you. How did it happen? What is going on? They tried. They interrogated him. That will happen whenever God starts to work in your life. There will be people that will be shouting at you and trying to figure out logically what God is doing in your life. But here's this man's response. Here's what he said. He says, one thing I know. He said, listen, I don't have the answers to any of your questions, but here's one thing I know. I once was blind, but now I see. That is a classic answer. He said, listen, you can shout all you want about it, but I know that I was once blind, and now I see. See, the world will tell you that, that, that serving God is purposeless. You're wasting your time in a world that is, that is anti-God. They will tell you that it's meaningless, that it's not real, that it's a fairy tale. But I want to know if I have some people that have been challenged, your faith has been challenged, but your response is, I once was blind, but now I see. Brother Josue, come up here. Where you at? I once was blind, but now I see. You can get upset about it. You can try to form arguments about it. He's saying, I once was blind, but now I see. You're probably blind when you take your glasses off. What are, what are the things that have been blinding you? I hope this goes around your head. Lord bless you with a with a big, with a nice dome there. You were the head of your class, weren't you? You got a bright future ahead of you. <laughs> Love you. What are the things that are blinding you? What are the areas in your spiritual walk that you're not able to see? Pastor, I don't understand the scripture. I don't know how to pray. I, I don't know any of this. I don't know. I, what are the areas that you're blinded? I don't know what's going on in my marriage. I don't know what's going. I can't see. I don't know where to go. Just go ahead. Start, start taking some steps. I'm not going to let her fall. I know, I know we have limited insurance, baby. Don't. I'm not going to let him get hurt. Just go ahead. Start taking. And some of you feel this way. You're just walking every day and, 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 you, and, you, and you get a sense of direction, but you quite don't know where you're going. And, 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 and so you're living your life day by day, your marriage, your relationship with God, your finances, different things in your life, and you're just walking aimlessly. And then you get hit with stress. You ain't catch that. And then when you, you get hit with, this, with, 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 the, with the issues of life. He ain't, he, okay, he ain't quite catch that. I'm going to throw it now. Let's see if you catch it. And some of you are, are walking blindly, but you catch something and you're like, all right, I'm all right, I'm, I'm good, I'm good. But then you get hit with some of these. And you say, where in the world did that come from? I don't know what just hit me. And then you get hit again, and you get hit again. And God is saying, when you encounter me, 
will begin to open your spiritual eyes. What's most important, come on, if you're going to give it up to God, give it up for real. When you encounter God, not saying perfect, not saying all your issues go away, that's a lie. Not saying you will never struggle, not saying that you will never get hit with blind spots. But what God does is, more, the more important thing about this scripture, that he, the miracle of, of opening his eyes is powerful, amazing. But what's most amazing is later in the verses, he talks about opening spiritual eyes. Some of you need your spiritual eyes open. So that when God says, keep taking those steps, you're able to walk. You may struggle. But now, toss them back to me. But now you can see some things where you used to not see them. Pass it back to me. There you go. We play some catch up here. Praise the Lord. Come to church and watch us. I used to play a little baseball back in the day. Rafael, I used to play a little baseball, you know. Puerto Rico, Nicaragua, and now you. What are the things that you need your spiritual eyes open about? What are the things that you need to see in this season of your life? Some of you have never prayed that prayer, God open my spiritual eyes, because you're seeing the, the situation that you battle with, the difficulties you battle with, as something physical, as something you can, you can figure out on your own, something in the natural with your abilities and your, t can I tell you, there will be some situations in your life where, where no one will be able to reach that part of your life except for God. There will be some things that you will not be able to, with all of your knowledge, with all your degrees, you got more degrees than a thermometer, and you still can't figure it out because there's some situations that only God can work in, and you need to have spiritual eyes to see those things. Thank you. God uses him tremendously. Let's give it up for him. Thanks so much again for tuning in. I hope that you join us the next time. If you are in the DMV area, please make sure to come out on a Sunday at 1.30 p.m. You can find more information at myhopecenter.org. And you can also stay connected to us on social media. We are at My Hope Center on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So you can search us up, connect with us, and uh, I hope to hear from you all and see you all very soon. So until then, peace, love, and God bless.